0: Clay, I saw a crazy thing on the internet the other day. You wouldn't believe it. I saw. You don't piece say that. Argued that Star Trek. They were talking about the uh, the future of Star Trek. I think a website is called like the Soul of Star Trek. They were arguing that they're they're very happy with Discovery, and Discovery being the franchise, the uh, the the flag bearer, the flame, the torch bearer, whatever. If you mm-hmm. want to go into that kind of thing of the Star Trek, and they were concerned about lower decks. You're very concerned about lower decks being uh, poisonous to the franchise and not the way that this <laughs> franchise needs to go uh, and then I guess uh, another way to tie this into this week 's stuff i saw I saw a lot of people upset about the humor in one of the episodes that we 're going to talk about today so i i i I think this will branch more into the area we go when I talk about these episodes because I have a I have uh, I have concerns about what I can remember from these episodes not for some like car accident reason or anything like that but I sure. I think Lower Deck suffers in an, a unique way compared to everything else but I just um I find it hard to believe that it's the problem with the franchise at this point. I think there I think there are bigger bigger problems than Lower Deck's uh here we've talked about that before but I don't know if you read that piece or you saw it you probably didn't even see it. Um uh, I saw you that you posted it.
1: I saw that you posted it and I kind of skimmed it. And once I saw what the thesis was, I very quickly clicked away from it.
0: They got that click though.
1: Yeah, well, they got rewarded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You should get, I think that it's probably some sort of reward for like the amount of time spent on a page where you're like, oh, I'm actually enjoying this content instead of, oh my God, this is a Rickroll parody that I've been stuffed into. Well,
1: you can, on YouTube, you can tell how long someone sticks with your video, right? Yes, like what because yeah. the, and, like and they views, reward
0: you based on how long people stay, so YouTube cares yeah. about
1: that kind of stuff. Views don't necessarily equal people staying there money so, yes if yeah. You, yeah. if you are if you have a a, a blog or, or a news site or whatever that you're getting a lot of clicks, but everybody's there for less than a minute, um, probably not the best content.
0: Today we're going to be talking about we'll always have Tom Paris. And Bugato Gamato. So the first one, we'll always have Tom Paris, is the third episode of the second season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Came out on August 26, 2021. Written by M. Willis, the mysterious M. Willis, just an initial. Directed by Bob Suarez. In-universe date unknown, it's 2381 In this episode, Mariner and Tendi team up for a mission to retrieve an heirloom for Dr. Ta'ana. Meanwhile, the Ceratos is visited by Lieutenant Tom Paris, much to the excitement of Boimler, who's hoping to meet him. While all this happens, Rutherford is haunted by the mystery surrounding the reappearance of a familiar presence on the Ceratos. The second episode we're going to be talking about, because we talk about two episodes of Lower Decks each podcast, is Mugato Gamato. This is the fourth episode of the second season. came out on September 2nd, one day after my birthday, 2021- this one was written by Ben Rogers, the more
1: traditionally named Ben Rogers, and directed by Jason Zurich. I like Ben Rogers because of his transparency. <laughs> you know what you're getting when you get a Ben Rogers script. You see the full name. It's a good full,
0: full, full use of, the, full use of the, uh, the alphabet. No no hesitation to just to really draw your
1: eye into his name. What is this M whoever hiding? That's what we're going to be finding out on the next 3 episodes of The Penske Files.
0: In universe date is 58036.42381. In this one, Mugado Gamado, the USS Cerberus is dispatched to a planet to investigate an unexplained sighting of the dangerous Mugado. So, again, it's going to be
1: uh I think I is 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 Zoolander Will Ferrell's character in Zoolander's Mugato, 2, right? I think. I I'll, have to, I'll f- have
0: to take your word for it. <clears throat> that's just a funny it's just name. A, I don't think just there's a coincidence. coincidence.
1: Just, yeah, there's definitely. A did he have a horn? Did no, he have a horn in no that horn. movie? No horn in the movie. Not even um,
0: like the British euphemism of having a horn. Not, not a no. He had a dog. Sexy character?
1: He had a dog that he uh, uh, demanded you obey. But aside from that, no, mm-hmm. no horn. Mm.
0: So. As always there's no real I don't think there's any real rhyme or reason to go through these specifically in order, but here's something I've noticed about these these episodes and particularly the tom paris episode um I don't know what it says about lower decks and i don't I don't even mean this to be a real criticism. I have a hard time remembering what happens in some of these in these episodes actually like i watched I watched the first one Tom Paris two days ago and honestly rereading the little blurb is what reminded mm-hmm. me what's in that episode more than anything. I found that one pretty forgettable. I remember the Megato one just because it's the only episode that I think I've ever laughed out loud at. And it was only the one joke and it's the stupid joke that everyone is like up in arms about whether or not this is Star Trek where the Megatos are fucking each other <laughs> and Boimler's stuck in the tree. I did laugh at that. I thought that was funny. So that's where we stand and that's where I am as a person. What do you think about these? Which one do you want to start with, Tom Paris, Megato, Gamato,
1: Habadato? Well, I, I for one, cannot wait to understand the context of this Tom Paris episode uh, when we finally get into Voyager or Voy. As oh, I sure.
0: Show. <laughs> well, he's actually that, not even that important in the episode, which is kind no, of strange. No. He's he's just a guy who shows up in it. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. I um, I actually liked both of these pretty well. Uh, hmm. I think the first one. Doesn't really pull it together until the I think the last couple minutes of the first one of the Tom Paris one are better than the rest of it. I thought the Boimler stuff for the most part was pretty forgettable of just having him schlepping through a Jeffries tube. But I thought that, I liked the payoff. I liked the the him getting his ass kicked by Tom Paris. That was fun. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed Tendy and uh, Mariner going off together, and you know you get to learn more about Tendy and stuff, and you get to see the. Uh, uh the orion the orion culture a little bit more again this show's doing more to tell us about the orions than any other show has up to this point
0: Um, yeah with that that enterprise episode hasn't come out yet and it won't for like a month but it'll make more sense when when that comes we've we've talked about the orions already so it's funny that they've um in a in a recent enterprise episode we talked about the orions and so it was Mm -hmm. funny that they pop up here again uh again the show and the franchise returning to them mariner and Tendy was funny because i feel like the show the show clearly the writers clearly listened to the podcast because we were complaining <laughs> about how they weren't mixing up the the pairings of the characters on the first season mm-hmm. enough and this mm-hmm. one they not only do it but they draw attention to the fact that they hardly ever did it in the first season by saying well it would just be kind of fun to do something original with you
1: and that's never happened before and why not this this one was very hyper meta like more so than i think a lot of the other ones have been you know they're calling voyage or voy uh yeah. they are pulling out the commemorative plates like that you would buy off of the home shopping network in 1998 yeah um they're writing tweeting
0: to- pictures of their commemorative plates i think some of the writers oh, had really? those plates which yeah which is why yeah. yeah
1: yeah uh, i mean commenting on how characters will just come back from the dead does that really happen that much in this show I didn't, no I didn't not really for think, it to
0: act like it's just something that you can just, no one will ask any questions about
1: yeah, as someone who's been waiting, geez at this point, uh, 33 years for Tasha Yar to magically come back, um, I don't think that much many like people Jesus come at back from spring. the dead. <laughs> much like Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I would happily uh, never mind. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i i didn't really think that was so much of a trope in the show of, of people getting no. killed and coming back um i did i did like the breakdown that uh rutherford has where he sees all the possibilities of how he may have been brought back i thought that was fun um yeah. that story i think that story was a little bit better than the boimler one just because they were kind of doing some more fun stuff um but I think uh the the Tendi and, and Mariner story really worked the best. And uh I did I did like I did like when Tendi um makes the comment that not all Orions are slavers and pirates and then she says they can go visit their cousin who works on the, in a slave den as a pirate. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um But I, I thought the payoff to that was I, I like that story because it was it was a ball rolling type story where they kept getting deeper and deeper into having the problem where it's like they they get the thing, they break the thing. They go to fix the thing, they break it worse. Then they get further, they break it worse. And along the way, they're learning more about each other and etc et cetera, et cetera. And then I did really enjoy the punchline at the end where the doctor only wanted the box because she's a cat. I think that was pretty right. funny. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The other one... The second well, one let me, I let's I, stick to the Oh sure, sure.
0: let's let's stick to the first one just because I I don't know the the first one didn't click with me too much. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I didn't think it was particularly I don't think any of the plots really stuck out to me as something that I was like, "Oh, this is this is good and this is interesting." Like the as you were saying, I thought that the Rutherford and Shrek's thing was it was Playing on a joke that I don't think the franchise makes at all. Like I don't think that's yeah. a problem with this franchise, and bringing him back is kind of. It's what you're saying. It's like more of the the most meta episode possible, where it's just they 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 were really making fun of the tropes of things in that episode in a way that I felt like is sometimes a weakness of the show. Where it, when it just relies mm-hmm. on Star Trek jokes, I think that that's not really the best way that the show wants to go. I think it needs to work more in its character stuff, which the Mariner and Tendy thing felt like it was an opportunity to do i I guess I just found their storyline a little bit um unremarkable, you know like sure. i i just yeah. i just didn't nothing about it stuck out to me in a way that none of the other lower decks away message uh, away missions have gone they I felt similar to all of them and not in a way that I'm like,' oh, I can really enjoy what the characters are doing here, so I don't know how much I have to say about that one other than the only other thing is I was really surprised by how little Tom Paris has to do with anything at all. He's just kind of a glorified cameo in it. And I don't know. Like, those are the I don't know if that's an actor having no time to do it or something. But I, I feel like that's moments where the show could really shine when it brings back other older Star Trek characters and uses them for an episode. And it just feels like um, the actors sometimes are only there for like 10 minutes and they have them record three lines yes. and then they throw it into the episode. It's just not yeah. it, it just doesn't it doesn't stick with me. Um, and it feels a little bit uh, underwhelming when they when they tend to do things like that.
1: Yeah, I was also kind of surprised that Paris didn't have more to do because especially because the episode's named after him. Right. It's
0: yeah. It's, yeah. It's a it's a reference to, to a TG episode in the something. first season. We'll always have Paris. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess he I guess he worked for what he was there for, but what he was there for wasn't particularly interesting. Um, yeah. They didn't even take the opportunity to like uh, that when he comes onto the bridge. The captain makes a joke when, when he's like, oh, can I take her for a spin? She's like, yeah, just don't get us straight into the Delta Quadrant. I thought they were going to yeah. cut back to him and be like, give me a free fucking asshole. <laughs> <know>. Like, like, <laughs> like have like <laughs> Yeah, or that. Yeah. That would have yeah, been good, yeah. too. I, I was kind of surprised that they left that joke on the table. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's more, there's yeah, more to I, do
0: with that stuff. You know, that's why it's... it's and, and and it's tough because I, I've also criticized the show for if it stuck too much with that stuff, I'd be like, come on, like, come up sure, with some new sure. material. And so when the show tries to do it and I'm equally like, oh, I wish they had done more of those other jokes. I understand them being sort of contradictory in what I want. It's just that I don't think either of the angles worked super well in this episode. So that's why it was like, I don't know where to go from here. If both of them are just a B minus to me, what do you do with that?
1: Yeah, I, I think... I th- I would say that the the Tendi and Mariner stuff is more of a, is more of a B for me. Um, I think that that definitely stood out as the stronger storyline. But again, this one was it was weird because I was watching it with my girlfriend, we both had the same response with at the end we were like I liked that. It didn't she actually turned to me and she said um, I wasn't really sure about this one when it started. And I was like, and I said, "Yeah, it really kind of comes together in the last few minutes." And I think that's the case with this one. Is it doesn't the last few minutes kind of pays everything off really well, but some of mm. the 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 road to get there seems a little bit you know forgettable in in some areas.
0: So Mugato, and then we can combine these two. Mugato, I so yeah. Th- this the joke is getting all the coverage of it I've, that I've seen is like, is this a road too far for Star Trek? Oh, with this give me a Mugato having sex you joke? Every when Discovery
1: that- <laughs> showed up, when Discovery showed up, you had that scene where fucking Ash Tyler gets raped by a Klingon and there's tits in it and people are swearing and guts are getting pulled out and someone tells Picard to go fuck himself or whatever. Everyone's like, Oh, I didn't realize that your sensibilities were so fragile there. Not your grandfather's Star, Star Trek. Trek, gentlemen. Not, not oh, your grandfather's oh, Star is Trek. Not, uh, it's there's no reason someone can't do that in the adult Star Trek of the twenty first century, <laughs> and someone makes a an orgy dick joke, and all of a sudden it's like Gene would never let this fly. No, it's it's a, a, it's a lot break.
0: of okay. it's a lot of pearl clutching. I Pick I don't one. really know why it's the it is by far the joke that I laughed at the hardest, and it's not even specific to Star Trek. I j- it's just kind of a I think the editing. Goes a long way for me in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the franticness of their scene is pretty com—it's <laughs> pretty comical. And you know, like the uh, just the them being stuck in that log and being rolled around is like there, nothing is being shown. But the Magatas are clearly like changing position or something outside, and the whole thing is just shaking. And the editing's very funny. I found it. Um, I don't know. I don't like. I I just think that it. It took a risk in a way that I think the show is sometimes not really inclined to do. And I don't even know. I guess, I guess it is risky because of the pushback they got against it. But I don't think it's like a uh, un, uh unpredictable joke or a joke that's like super novel, really. It's like you've, you've kind of no, seen stuff no. like that on different animated shows.
1: So I it, think was, it was fascinating. I think someone on the Discord mentioned that they actually made a very similar joke on an episode of Rick and Morty. Okay. Uh, or, it wouldn't surprise me. Some some connection where where someone knew what the joke was going to be because of something they saw on, on Rick and More. I can't. I, I apologize for not being able to cite that more completely. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's it is it is probably the most uh, out there joke they've done, um, but it doesn't seem out of character for this show, the way I think some of that other, st- other stuff feels out of character. Like, cause I think you could love, if you want to, if you want to criticize it, I think you can level probably the same, uh, uh, critique against this as, as we have leveled against discovery and, and Picard, which is like this star Trek has always been a show that I feel like I could watch with my kids and yeah. it would be fine. Like, you know, Dr. Yes. There's of.
0: no, no worries about what kind of content you're going to run into.
1: Yeah. Um, and this I don't know. I feel like I, I'm more okay with this, I think, than I am the other stuff that they're doing. I mean I maybe animation goes a long way of of kinda like smoothing that stuff out. Um and also it's it is played for laughs and they're not really doing anything that graphic. They're just kind of making a stupid joke about it. It's not really that big yeah. of a deal. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: I it's I think it's that thing of what it does is like a joke like that challenges what you fundamentally believe about this show being a canon show that exists in the Star Trek universe, right? Like,
1: okay. I think I, it gets I, away with when you it away with that when you when you started that sentence, I was going to be come on, Wes. It's a dick joke. That's not cha- fundamentally challenging anything. Okay, <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's it makes you
0: think. I guess that if you're going to get upset about that joke, the reason you would get upset is because if you were making a consistent argument, you would say that, well, I don't like that in Picard and I don't like it in Discovery either because I don't think that's what this franchise is usually about and I don't think that it's in its best interest. Mm -hmm. I think it works. the argument works better there. I I would sort of buy that argument. Um, But to me... It just comes back to the fact that Lower Decks doesn't really feel like it's in the real Star Trek universe. It doesn't R- feel sure. like there's that yeah. connection. So I'm yeah. okay with them doing weirder stuff with it. And, but it all comes, like, and that feels a very arbitrary, silly line to draw. But I do think it's just because it's animated that it's like, well, they can do whatever they want. This is an animated show. Yeah. Who cares? Like who's, who's watching
1: it? Well, and it doesn't feel out of place with the show. Like I think the other stuff on Discovery and Picard feels like they're trying too hard to be edgy. And trying yeah, too hard yeah. to be like, how do we compete with HBO? It's like, well, you're not supposed to. You're you're fucking Star Trek. You're not Game of Thrones. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. We don't. If if they if they introduced a, a Romulan incest storyline on on lower decks, as long as it was hilarious, I'd have no problem. Yeah,
0: it'd it. be fine. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> I should bring those characters on if they're going to make fun of a uh, Picard like they did in the last episode. Or we thought that they might be making fun of that. guy of an idea. Just bring the Romulan incest siblings along, and that'll be fine. Um, the Megato one. Do you un- do you know the basic joke here? It might be- it might be a Star Trek deep cut. Do you understand why they keep calling the Megato the wrong name?
1: I do. I ass- I assume across different series or episodes, people say it differently. But that's that's all I would I, I
0: do. Yeah, my understand they they appear in the. Um, I forget what the the name of the... It's the war episode where the Kirk and Bones go to a planet that the Klingons are supplying arms to. Um, it's like a Vietnam allegory. And the Mugato is a creature there, but it's credited in the end of the episode as a gamado. But all through the episode, <laughs> apparently DeForest <laughs> Kelly could not say gamado and he kept miscalling it a, a Mugato instead. So... All the characters are calling it different things in the episode, and then it's credited that's as funny. another thing that's, that's nothing. So that's kind of the joke here, the running joke that they have in the episode, is that every character, every time they say the word, pronounces it somewhat differently from the person who said it before
1: them, which I is like fine. That, uh, I like that Shrek said it differently three times in a row in, in one, like,
0: scene. Yes, one, one, one scene. Yes, in one scene. He's the, the Mugato tracker, I guess, as well, too. See, so how, about, how do you feel about him eating the poop joke? It's fine. Is that the same? Yeah, you know, it does Is that the same as the Mugatu yeah. one? I found that one a little bit less. I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need this joke. This doesn't feel necessary to me."
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, again, it didn't feel out of character for the show. It seems like the kind of thing yeah. they
0: would do. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. It's
1: my. Fa- I guess this my show, point is episode, just how
0: subjective it all
1: is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some jokes that. Are gonna work better for other people like as much as you liked the dick joke the the sex joke mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. my favorite thing in this episode was uh the the bartender on the cerritos who's apparently from like maine yes <laughs> who has got that really that really thick like uh uh fred gwynn in in uh pet cemetery maine accent where he's talking about how mariner is actually a a, a black black ops starfleet member yep. I, I thought that was good i like that guy a lot
0: it reminded me strongly. South Park does that joke a lot. They have the the kids will go to some place and there's the guy who like the mechanic who works at the the gas oh, station sure. on the road. So now sure. where he comes he's like, don't go down that road. You don't want to know what's down that road. Don't go down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me of that. I think South Park executes it a little bit better when they do it. Just I think that's a, a strength of. Uh, Their sort of writing and sensibility. So here it felt a little derivative, I guess. I don't know what the original reference to something like that would be, but it it felt it reminded me of South Park, uh, maybe unfairly. Mm -hmm. Mm. They should bring that bartender character back, though, right? He's a character who. Oh, he's like my favorite
1: character on the show now. I like that guy a lot.
0: He felt different to me. Did he feel different to you as a character? Like, is it a South Park kind of? humor their sensibility he he felt like he was a different character who didn't really exist in their lower decks world and that's what that's what made yeah. me interested in him
1: yeah no it, it it feels like a character built for a joke it's not a character that's yeah uh you, you know like much like a much like a a, a south park character in that regard it would it it doesn't necessarily fit into anything that's going on but it's it's built specifically for that joke that they're trying to deal with it
0: yeah yeah i hope he i hope he comes back he's kind of there's room for the uh the bartender character on this series to be worth something because they spend a lot of time in whatever
1: their version of 10 forward is or whatever um mm-hmm. he reminds me a little bit not in the way he acts but in the impact impact that he makes of uh Ed O'Neill's character in Wayne's World as the guy who yeah. uh, who works at the donut shop. Yeah, top five, <laughs> top five comedy film character for me. Yeah, always, him, always been it. a big fan of explaining <laughs> spl- explaining how when a when a the Indians believe when a man got stabbed the steam rising from his body in the snow was actually his <laughs> soul.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, maybe he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, this guy doesn't ascend to Ed O'Neill levels in Wayne World, but um, a decent, decent side. jaunt. I, I don't know. I, I just find it's not that I don't like lower decks but i'm I, I feel like you're getting into the series uh, would you even say that you're getting into the series in any kind of substantial way i i just i feel disconnected from it for some reason mm-hmm. um one of the reasons i don't really like po- i don't really enjoy podcasting about it is because i think it's a very difficult series to look at with any sense of like there's a point to talking about it you know what i mean mm-hmm. does that make sense to you like there's a it's not trying to do anything other than be a joke animated series show, and so sure, it's hard to gauge it as how well it's doing when that's all that there is to be done with it, and there's nowhere else to really take the storylines. Um, because I, it, it's now into its second season, a decent ways. It's it's not really ever going to be a show I think that focuses on like mm-hmm. the mission or the the thing of the episode that the characters focus on it's it's too high energy for that in a way that animated shows have to be um so i don't know it leaves me in this place where i don't think it's a bad series at all or anything like that but it it it's hard to talk about
1: in a lot of ways i mm-hmm. i've actually i've been i've been really enjoying it um i mm. actually think i like it more I think I like the stories more than I like the meta stuff, actually. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and and that's not to say I don't like the meta stuff, but I don't. I don't think it for me lives or dies by any of that stuff. Mainly because like they're throwing so much of it at you that I I don't even like get a third of it. Right. Um, so I I just kind of focus in on on what what the story is that they're telling and structurally if it's working for me. Like I think. Um, uh. The second one I, I enjoyed because I thought it was a good use of the Ferengi, and I love the fact that they defeat the Ferengi at the end by doing a PowerPoint presentation yeah. showing them how they could make more money by not killing the Mugatu. <laughs> yeah, which I yeah. thought was brilliant. Um, and it paid off. The it 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 was like a double joke because the 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 game that they're playing at the beginning, the uh, uh the diplomacy game, was. A nice, a nice uh, hit for me because, as I've said before, the th- one thing that I traditionally always disliked about Star Trek was how much of it was just boring diplomacy. Yeah, at it least felt like a Deep joke, Space custom
0: Nine. made for you. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, they, the joke is that they're playing diplomacy and they both make a a final compromise that neither one is happy with, and that's like that's the definition of diplomacy.
1: Yes. Yeah, and it also it also you know it also worked for me because. Those types of board games, I think, are are what I associate a lot of... Th- th- that's what I associate a lot of board games with now, too, is just yes. like, you know, we, there's no winner. There's a. It, it takes forever to play, and you're kind of disappointed <laughs> when you get to the end of it. <laughs> um, it looks like
0: a million pieces and a,
1: a thick rule book yeah. on that game that they're
0: playing now. Yeah.
1: And then to bring yeah. that back and use that as the way to defeat the Ferengi by... Uh, talking them into a better money-making o- operation, I thought was was pretty smart. So I, I I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I wonder. I I I don't even know. Like I I don't know where I would. It's it's a tough thing to say, just because I, I wouldn't really change anything about this show. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think in an ideal world, I think the characters would be a little bit better than they are, I think we talked about in the prior episode, I see them a little bit as a slightly more sketched out version of the bartender, which they're they're characters who are sort of built for joke delivery. And, you know, some of it comes down to like the the Rutherford story in the first episode is a joke about trying to figure out how Shreks or Shreks came back to life. And Mm -hmm. you never... Not that I need some like hyper emotional story, but you never, I never get a sense that Rutherford is connected to that, other than he was the character who saw him die. So he's the character who gets the story that goes on this way. You know, there's no, yeah, there's no building of this joke and these jokes and this storyline is going to tell you something about the Rutherford and Shrax relationship. It never comes to that, and the show doesn't really want that to be the case. But sure, when it gets yeah. to the end, and there's no real resolution either way. I am just I'm left a little bit empty and I, I mentioned it before I don't know if it's fair to compare this series to Arrested Development but Arrested Development I always felt like the characters were real people and even though it's a joke sure. a minute kind of thing and I think I think the best comedies the characters always feel at least like either dark mirrors of real people or real people they feel like that's why everyone likes friends you want to hang out with these people you know it's it's that kind yeah. of thing yeah. um and even Rick and Morty which is more closely analogous to this one Whenever I see that, those guys are hyper, exaggerated versions of real people. You know, there's like a, there's right, a core right. to their relationship. Yeah. I don't feel that in this show yet, and I, I wonder how much of that is going to be a problem going forward, or if it's just never going to be interested in developing it.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think one of the the uh, the brilliant things about Rick and Morty is how over the top it can be, but how it it is still can be very emotionally resonant and character yeah. resonant like they can they can you know break your heart with three lines of dialogue in that show it's it's really amazing how how uh, how well written that show can be um i think i think part of the problem here um especially like in episodes like the 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 Tom Paris one is you've got you don't have an A story and a B story you've got an A story B story and a C story yeah and so your A story which i would call the the attendee and mariner story uh even though that's not the name of the episode i call it the a story because it gets the most time uh yeah. and it does the most um you you spend a lot of time with those characters and i think you get i wouldn't say you i don't think they quite get there as far as really making some uh uh character or emotional statement with those characters, but I think it's closer than the other two, and I think that's just because of how much time on screen it gets. Since you've got three stories Mm. running at the same time, you've got one that gets the most push, and then the other two don't really have a lot of room to do much. Um, I mean, if it were me... I guess I'd even
0: disagree. I, I guess I'd even... To to me, the Mariner and Tendy thing, I didn't feel like they ended up in a totally different place from where they started by the end of it. I I didn't feel like it was a sure. I I felt it was more the joke of pairing them because they've never been paired together is the entire point of that uh, plot line between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not it's not that I'm saying this has to be some sort of like deep seated interpersonal like deep conversation thing that they have where they completely revise their vision. But there's like you'd imagine there would be something there that they would connect on seriously, and I think that that's what a lot of great modern comedies do, even when they're this joke a minute kind of thing, is that they'll have a sort of pathos at the end of something that you can connect yeah. on, and even if they subvert it later on, you still you still feel that the pathos is genuinely emotional, and the show just kind of has to make a joke, and it's it's good that they make the joke, because that's what they want to do, but you do feel that there's like a real a real center to the relationship between the two characters. And I don't, I don't get that between Tendy and Mariner. They just feel like they're the pieces that got paired together in this story.
1: Yeah. Well, if you compare that story to something like, uh, um, there's an early episode of the Simpsons where, uh, Bart is failing at school. So he asks Martin to be his tutor. And in, uh, in, in return, for being his tutor, uh, Bart will teach Martin how to be a badass, basically. Yeah. yeah. And what what the two end up doing is essentially switching roles where Bart starts doing a lot better at school and Martin starts becoming doing worse at school and becoming like a bad kid. And it ultimately kind of drives them both to realize that that's not the place that either of them wants to be. And it ends with, if I remember correctly, it ends with Martin doing something that is uh, very bad at school, you know, within the, the realm of The, the Simpsons. Simpsons. Very bad. Like yeah. s- spray painting, pr- Principal Skinner is a butthead on the wall or something. <laughs> and when it, when it comes to to who takes the fall, Bart takes the fall for Martin. Yes. And so they kind of – there's this understanding of the, what their roles are and how they, neither one wants to be in the other one's shoes, and there's kind of like a mutual respect and that kind of stuff. Yep. That's kind of but what and, and it's also driving
0: – yeah, Bart also hmm. saves Martin there, which is a sac- – like, it, Bart right. does it for yeah. selfish reasons, but he saves Martin through the actions that he chooses to do. So there's kind of a – there is, like, a good heart to what he does at the end of right. the even though it gets him back well, where he, he wants he, to be.
1: I Yeah, I think it's it works on two levels for Bart because Bart is – he's doing it – yeah, he's doing it to break out of the place that he is, but he's also doing it because he realizes that this isn't for Martin. This is not yeah. where Martin should be. So yeah, yep. he's taking he's taking the the bullet for from to, to get them back to where they started. Um, that seems like kind of what they were sort of going at, but they don't really commit to that in this episode. And I'm not and I'm not saying it's like a one-to-one comparison, but my point of bringing that up is like that Simpsons episode gets you a lot of character and gets you a lot of heart out of a out of a situation where you have these two this odd couple pairing and at the end of this one I don't feel like there's any sort of I I don't I don't feel that kind of uh understanding happening here it's just Mariner they they kind of share a bit of a oh I guess we're we're better friends than we used to be now and then Mariner yeah. just takes the fall for it and goes into the brig um, yeah. so it doesn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really go all the way um that I think it could yeah and the other two Boehm stories was- I think so I was just gonna say the other two stories I think are 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 the Rutherford one in particular is hampered by I don't think they know what what they're trying to get out of that aside from just this joke about it being the, you don't want to know how these people come back to life. I think there's more yeah. in there to play with as far as why does Rutherford want to know this? What does he gain from knowing that? Like, I, I feel like the the character turn in that, or the character climax, is that Rutherford realizes that he doesn't need to know, and yeah. so he then and then he just when Shrax is ready to tell him, he's like, you know what? How about we don't do this or something like that? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, but I it's thinking, all just driving to the joke of 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 what actually happens being too horrible to to comprehend.
0: Yeah, I I mean, again, I'm not even sure it's a, a joke that or a, a trope that Star Trek really buys into. But I like I mm. I just feel that the bringing of the character back in more of a character driven show, there would be more of a kind of there would be some sort of terror in. Shrek's coming back for Rutherford. Like if he had been an awful superior officer to him or something or the boss and there was a, you know, there's a kind of like antagonistic relationship between them. There's, but there's really no relationship between those two characters. So there's not any right, kind of right. emotional response that Rutherford can have to him coming back beyond the mystery of how is this happening to people. Right. And yeah. I think that a a better written comedy or a more... A a comedy that feels like it has multiple layers going on it, at least, would have a kind of personal reason for Rutherford to be so concerned and consumed by what has happened to Shrax, outside of just a "why is this? Why why did this happen? And how does this happen?" Um, Yeah, yeah. But it's that kind of a thing, and i I don't even know if it's a fair criticism because I think that the show succeeds by uh, in not doing that. But I think to really hit that next gear. All the great comedies that I can think of tend to do that, except for maybe Seinfeld, where that's kind of the point, is that there is no sure no yeah. connection there uh, to, be, to be ruined. But most of the other mm-hmm. shows always make you feel something that way. Even, even cold, horrible shows like Peep Show, um, the British show, where the characters are mm-hmm. awful to each other there is a sense that they are their only best friends with each other they they hate each other but they are each other's best friends at the same time and so there's you 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 get the the understanding of why they treat each other the way that they do
1: yeah i think what i might have done <coughs> differently with that storyline is um you know especially in an episode like this one where they seem to be playing off of of popular opinions or comments on on tropes and stuff in in star trek or just in in general popular culture um what i would have done is when rutherford sees that shrax is back and they're like what do you, well how could i saw him die how can he come back and they're like oh the 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 main bridge crew always come back i would have that like break something in rutherford and have him be like well then nothing matters Mm-hmm. And then he starts going off on stop stops doing his job or starts becoming a ne'er do well on the ship or something because yeah, it because of anist because yeah nothing, yeah, matters. because people can just come back from the dead, so I don't have to do any you know what I because mean? that yep. that's the big crit- that's the big critique anytime this happens in something, right It's like well, if people come back from the dead, then nothing matters, yeah, um, I feel there's also the joke I, there
0: where he. Realizing that death is not forever takes incredible risks but never gets killed by the risks. That, like a Mr. Yeah, Magoo Goo sequence sure. where he's you know, he's just walking through a phaser fight and never gets hit or anything like that. Yeah. And it's it's just because of this false belief that he is immortal in some way.
1: Yeah. And then you have you can have the the, the turnaround at the end be where he has some sort of conversation with Shrax or or whatever, or or, or if you wanted to, you could you could pull a, a landfill and have him have yeah. Shrax pull him aside and be like I'm actually not Shrax. I'm Shrax's brother. Shrax is very dead. There's no coming back. <laughs> and then have, have that have that instill the fear, instill the yeah. fear back into into Rutherford, you know. Yeah.
0: On a on a simpler level, do you like the fact that Shrax came back?
1: Uh what well, eh, whatever. I mean, it, yeah, it's a he, weird he, choice. I don't know. He's He's an,
0: like, I I guess, I don't don't really mind. I think the character has potential to be funny. I've seen glimpses of him being very funny in his sort of over-the-top. It's mostly the voice actor performance, I think, is pretty good. I I think what's strange about it is that the show went through a lot of, um, the show basically (laughs) storm-fronted. All the changes that the end of the first season made to the show. And it was like, never mind. Yeah. We don't actually want to do any of that stuff. We're just going to reboot everything and bring it back. Whether that's a commentary on the reset button, it does feel that they just, I, I guess it doesn't feel like a reset button because they've done it over like three episodes where they've just decided that they just want to bring everything back and go back to the way that it was in the first season. And uh, in a bigger case like boimler's i think they could have exploited boimler on the titan more than they did i don't think that that well was mm-hmm. dry but i know that they want to get him back to the ship and be with the other main characters so Shrek yeah, feels like which a, a minor the, version of that
1: yeah it's 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 unfortunate because i think if i remember correctly Shrek's dying, I think, was one of our favorite parts of the season. Like that that mm-hmm. episode I think we, we both really liked because there were actual stakes at play and people yep. were actually getting killed. Um, and not to say that death needs to happen all the time, but like it was it was like they actually took a step forward with stuff. It was and a little so bit to surprising back, too.
0: I wasn't expecting a main character you know, he's semi main, right. but he's like a secondary character to to be killed on this show, the animated show in particular is a weird choice
1: yeah and so like bringing him back I don't know yeah it, it does uh it it does feel weird because like I never really it wasn't like I was missing that character at all and they weren't mm. really talking about him at all uh, so having him come back is 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 an odd choice and the Boimler stuff I feel like I feel like you're kind of seeing in real time how bringing Boimler back to the cerritos might have been a mistake because he's been back for what is this four episodes now he's been back for three of them and his storyline has been consistently the worst storyline on the show yeah because they haven't really been pairing him up with people they've been doing a lot of boimler by himself stuff and it's not really working
0: well he's mostly just he's the he's the star trek fans avatar in this world, right? He tends sure. to have those plot lines where he has the the commemorative play, he meets Tom Paris and stuff. Uh, he doesn't... Uh, for hip, for me, his biggest weakness is the same as everyone else, is that he doesn't feel fleshed out enough as a character where you can give him a mm. storyline like that and it's clearly obvious to me what his point will be in that or like his, yeah. his PO, uh, POV will be towards something. He generally just treats star trek trivia as impressive and then get somehow undermined in his quest to do it you know that, that's his yeah, storyline yeah. generally
1: yeah it's 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 fascinating from a from a story or from a a, a series and, and writing standpoint too because the first season he's very much front and center yeah. as the sort of avatar for the audience and so he is involved in everything and this season so far he really hasn't been and the other characters on the show in season one, I think were stayed afloat by them being a little bit more well drawn than than Boimler because Boimler is just sort of like the 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 delivery mechanism for everything else yeah, the Jason and once you character. Move, yeah, and once this you move in answer. this season to telling stories that are more focused on the other characters the fact that Boimler is less clearly drawn or less interestingly drawn uh, makes him really kind of fall to the back, I think. Yeah, no, I guess... Because like, I think also- this one, I think the Mugatu episode is probably the best one, and that has nothing really to do with him as much of the as... Of season, you mean? The, or, yeah, of this yeah. season so far, yeah. It doesn't have so much to do with him uh, than it does that he's paired with Rutherford and they do something interesting and, and have a, uh, an interesting outcome to, the, to their story.
0: Yeah, the the other uh, tangent to what that was about Boimler is that I, if you had told me that Boimler was going to be backseated a little bit, I'd say, oh, Mariner steps up and becomes the primary character of the show then. And mm-hmm. I don't think she actually has. I think that there's kind of no, a, a leadership so void in the main four. Like there's no one that's really... The character that everything circles around, and I think it's, I think it's kind of helpful to have that in some ways. I think it gives you a sense of like when you're breaking these stories, this is the character who drives the action in the. To go back to the Bateman, like the Jason Bateman Arrested Villain is just the straight character who gets inserted into the scenes and is almost always present to allow for the other craziness sure. to happen around him. And they don't have that anymore, um, and no one's problem.
1: I don't necessarily know if that is the case for me because I do think that you can drive these stories with whoever the story is about. Um, I don't think it... Like, I think this series does better at divvying up story uh, driving um, (laughs) than, say, Discovery does because Discovery's got Michael in every scene of every episode to sure. the point where it's like suffocating. Yeah. And this one, lower decks has done a pretty good job of making everybody potentially a story driving character. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, it felt like it was going to be the, the uh, Beckett Mariner show, especially after the first season. But yeah, it really hasn't become that she hasn't stepped up. And I, and I think, I think that stops the characters from getting too annoying because I think if it was every week it was Boimler at the forefront and Mariner getting them into goofy him, trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think then it gets boring and and repetitive. But I think so far they've done pretty well at kind of divvying up uh, who's who's taking the reins a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I also I don't think Mariner is fundamentally – Constructed to be essential character in a lot of ways. I think to her. No, she's I,
1: a, yeah, she's a chaos agent mostly. Yeah, yeah. She's, it's
0: not, it's not a, um, it's not a reliable anchor for everything. Um, I guess that's it. I don't have anything else to say about Mugato Gamato or we'll always have Tom Paris. If you have anything, let me know. Otherwise, we'll just go to final thoughts. But that's it for these episodes of Lower Decks, for my opinion.
1: The other, the, the one other joke that I do feel like was tailor made for me is uh, at a certain point when Mariner has been captured by the the, uh, the Ferengi, and the Ferengi, you're talking about, you know, latinum and stuff. She says to them, you know, you can just replicate stuff, right? Why do you need mm-hmm. latinum? You guys are dumb. And I, still, I feel like we've had that conversation multiple <laughs> times on this show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wealth is... Um Star Trek found wealth in other places, I guess. That's why the the Maquis are still fighting about their home in the the military zone of the Cardassians and Federation because that's their planet. Damn it! You mm-hmm, can go to a million mm-hmm. other planets, but that's their planet. Yep. Um, this is not the first appearance of the Ferengi on the show, right? I think we've seen Ferengi before on this one. I can't no, remember I don't where. About.
1: I feel like I've seen them in a marketplace or something, but maybe this. Oh, we didn't even thing. talk about. We didn't even talk about the uh, the the tertiary plot in the, in the Mugatu episode about uh, the the fake the fake ship thing where he blames the, the green alien guy that Paul F. Tompkins alien blames the destruction of his <laughs> ship on Starfleet and then pulls yeah. one over on the captain like yeah. that story I think that story works better than. Either of the two subplots in the first in the um, the Tom Paris episode, because there's like a really clear through line of what that story is about. Yeah, which yeah. is the captain. Um, while all this other crazy stuff is going on, the captain encounters this alien and thinks that she destroys his ship. So then they get into this conversation about how do they make that right. It turns out to be a con, and she gets she gets one back over on him at the end. It's like a, it's a very clear beginning, middle, and end kind of story. Mm-hmm. in a way that the the Tom Paris thing and the uh Shrax is not dead thing doesn't have. And so I think I think those stories are when they tell the stories like this captain story, I think those smaller tertiary secondary and tertiary plots work a lot better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Um Yeah, there's, there's something about the the scale of that that plot. Um, it's almost unmemorable, but effective at the same time. I'm um, just trying to see if there's, a, I'm just looking at the, if there's anything creepy throwback to the last outpost style Ferengi. Yeah, I guess that's their, just their whips and stuff like that. So I couldn't find anything about whether or not it's first Ferengi. But I guess we'll go to final thoughts at this point. But if you uh, enjoyed the content today, you can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to support us. A couple dollars a month, you get extra podcasts. You get the ability to vote on what we talk about. We're going to be doing trivia this month. Yeah, because this comes out in a couple days. We'll be doing trivia this month. Me versus Clay. We'll have a patron uh, refereeing that knockdown
1: brawl of the two of us. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like there should be a secondary category. That might be a little bit more evenly matched.
0: <laughs> I, I, I would say just do like online trivial pursuit, just, <laughs> just, just go through the random categories. The Discordians believe in you, Clay. Though they think that you'll um, oh you'll be able to do it, and not that I have We're any. You gonna faith, do this just, as a
1: live stream? We can do this as a live stream, so I, I can cheat. We could do it. Yeah, we could do it. The answers.
0: That, that's true. We could do it with the uh, the patrons as a live stream. I just um, I I owe a lot to this of just. I had the uh, the Star Trek encyclopedia and I remember reading it before school in the morning because like eating a bowl of cereal was just on the the table beside me and just like looking at the book. It's really I think that was the formative thing that made so much of this crap stick in my head is just reading the pages you,
1: over and over again. Now it sounds like you're trying to like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Pumping Iron Me where, <laughs> where he goes out to breakfast with Lou Ferrigno. And he's like <laughs> psyching him out by telling him how good he is and stuff. <laughs> it's like I, I don't need to know that you know this stuff better than I do. I'm just trying it's to. It's a explain. running thing on the show. I don't remember anything. I'm
0: just I trying think. to explain where this garbage comes from, I guess. And it's like I I I I wish I was Better at math in school. I wish I had. I wish oh, I had gotten a yeah, job that no, went into engineering. Right. Yeah. But instead, the Star Trek encyclopedia book knocked out all my uh, my free hard yeah. drive space in my head. Uh, yeah, I uh,
1: I always I always think about how I wish the stuff that I have will never forget was more practical than Blade Runner trivia and a complete working knowledge of the X Men comics from 1972
0: to 1995. <laughs> yeah, why is why is remembering mathematical theorems not as like physiologically satisfying as like knowing yeah, how know. many shields Captain America had during his career and stuff like that. It's, there's yeah. some weird t- disconnect there. Just, I guess it rewards hard work and that's the difference. Um, that's it. So we'll do trivia at some point. Patreon.com slash The Penske if you want to support the show there. And as always, our Captain Tier supporters... There's a flip-flop at the top. Samuel Custer is now our number one patron. Oh thank you, Samuel. And the rest of the captains, a special thank you. Targolteef, Join Mango, Cal Barrett, Mike Mardin, Andrew Cherlog, Matt Ross, Kirsten Pouch, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergey, Grim Santos, Sean Bradley, Killens, Brandon Howells, Dwayne Hackett, Walter Teen Hero, Kevin Reyes. My tongue is broken. Jordan Cooper, Russell Elledge, Stephen Minton, HH Twenty Eight, Darth Mosk, Derek Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jacob One Two Three Point Extra G, Patrick Sieber, Dave Davies, Johnny Franceschi, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Santon, Jake's Gamer, Kevin Larry, Corey Martin, William Rayhan Jafford, Nick Rat, Disbrada Soiland Blue, Zane Majors, Olivier Pardue, Edmark Mark Star, Grapple John Zorn Retail, Tom Hickey. Hunter Z W N F remixes, Captain McMunchhous and James McLennan, Bale, Beale, Jonas, Tommy Tango, Two Vicks Must Die, and Chris McLaughlin, and Mutilated
1: Puppets. Thank you, everybody, for supporting Do the y- show. Hope you're enjoying Lower Decks. Do you have these listed in order of who pays the most money?
0: No, it's um lifetime support. So it's not oh. it's not their monthly pledge. Uh it's their I see lifetime of how how long it's been going. Uh gotcha. And not by date, but it, so it is monetary. But it's not—it's not by date. I could—I could list them as date, I suppose. But I see. Okay, that won't change ever. There's no. There's no horse race aspect to that. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys, for supporting the show. We much appreciate it. You're making Voyager possible. All right, so lower decks. We don't rate these things. There's no patron comments, so I guess we're just done outside of our final thoughts. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um I'm glad every every I'll, every time I try to wrap up my final thoughts it sounds like I don't like the show which is not true. Uh <laughs> I feel like I'm floundering for something to say about it though, I think, a lot of the time. Um If I were to change one thing about this, it would be its sort of character work that it's choosing to do. I think mm. there's p- space for all the references, all the jokes and everything like that. I would like these characters to move into a place where they become a list of crew members where if someone were saying rank the crew, the Star Trek crews, I would feel okay inserting them somewhere in there instead of just being oh, like sure. the yeah. Lower Decks crew, whatever. Uh, they don't, to right. me, they don't feel like they really connect in even a way that Enterprise, which I consider to be bottom of the barrel in terms of a crew, is I would rank an enterprise crew above these guys because I at least know Archer and T'Pol and Trip and stuff like and Flocks. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. lower deck hasn't gotten there; it's only been one season and a couple episodes. But um, it feels it feels like it's constructed differently that it might have a harder time actually getting there. Uh, and I wonder if it ever will
1: get there or see the need to get there. I think it can um, because. I think we know that this show is capable of doing that because they have in the past, they have given us really good character work. Um, They just don't do it as consistently as I think they could. Uh, The first season, if I remember correctly, we didn't really start to get into what they were doing until the last half of the season or the last quarter of the season, even when they really started doing some interesting things and telling some interesting stories. Um, so it's not impossible, and I think they show flashes of it in these these episodes they've done so far. <clears throat> but yeah, there's something. It's like they they just haven't they haven't let it click into that gear yet. You um, know, in a, in a way that that I think is is super satisfying. How, however, I do enjoy the show. I it's I don't I'm not champing at the bit to watch it. Like I the fact that we if. We're doing two at a time, and I'm just watching both at the same time. It's not like I'm really going out of my way to watch them when they air. Yeah, I, I, don't, um, I don't either. Yeah. But when I do watch them, I, I, kinda, I come away with a smile on my face, which is really the most I can really ask for because I, I, I think that they're generally satisfying stories uh, to a certain point. And uh, yeah, it's a fun show.
0: Would you say, final question to you before we go, would you say the second season is fundamentally any different than the first season? What's Is there a change, if anything, that you see in the show um, these four episodes compared to the first ten?
1: I think the biggest change is the decentralization of the stories because they were very much more boimler focused and so far they have not been and so i think it's they're spreading it out a little bit more and i think maybe that's part of their growing process too is like that's a different attempt a different style than the first season and it might take them a little bit to kind of dial that in to see what the right mix is and 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 what kind of stories they can tell um and it's a change that i welcome because i think those those side characters can be really interesting if, if they let them be
0: yeah yeah, I'd like to see the senior officers get a storyline, one of them at least, or something like do a reverse lower decks where it focuses on them for an episode, and then the lower deck sure, characters are yeah. just not not there. Um, because I I feel that the secondary cast is almost equally as developed as our main characters in a lot of ways. Like I yeah. I, I feel the same level of character development and understanding of what those characters are, and in some ways I think that the secondary characters are actually sketched out better in terms of what their joke is than tendy is mm. for instance like i don't think that tendy is particularly well designed as like oh the obvious tendy joke is to go here with her where i can see that sure. for ransom i can see that for shrax i can see that for uh the the um the engineer guy that's voiced by um Paul Paul shear Paul sheer yeah like even even him yeah. I see him he's like the never sort of like hey what's going on guys that kind of a thing so I would like to see some more of of those guys be uh carry a story for every once in a while just because I think that they're an interesting group I don't really care for the doctor I think she's a little bit too one note but everyone else i I think
1: is good yeah <clears throat> the doctor the- doctor is uh much like all the doctors in Star Trek history they kind of have one thing that they do over and over again yeah she's just um, grumpy
0: I, I think it's just referencing yeah. the fact that they're all grumpy yeah
1: yeah yeah and i I really like the captain too I, I would like to see more of the captain because the captain is i really like the i really like what they they do with her where she goes out of her way to be like um considerate to the point of a to, of fault. You yeah. know, because I feel like that's what she does more often than not. Is like she will do something by the book to the point of it being the wrong thing to do, and then ultimately she just looks like she an idiot for not seeing right. what the truth of the situation was. And then she obviously, when she figures it out, she ends up getting hers back, which I like. Um, so yeah, I wish they did. I'm more interested. Like I'm more interested in that than I am in in her and uh, Marin are being related. Yes. Um, yeah so yeah i'd like to, I, I would like to see more of that crew i i could take or leave ransom honestly mm-hmm. uh, he i feel like they did an inter some interesting stuff with him briefly in the last season um he's pretty well he, i mean well. he technically he's, yeah yeah he technically got an episode this season when he turned into the giant god that's um, true
0: he became the villain of the the episode yeah, yeah the antagonist yeah he he's I get the thing he's got his you know run into action and his shirt explodes off him thing like that's kind of the ransom yeah, yes. joke is just is that mm-hmm. um, Shreks is a version of that that I think is actually potentially funnier than Ransom's is where it's a a gung ho ness that is uh, almost like animalistic or animal like is how I would define yeah. him and I think that's, that's it's cute.
1: I think we've mentioned this before, but is it does it feel weird that he's not a Klingon because I feel like he has a lot of Klingon tendencies. It feels Especially weird that he's a major in the, Bajoran. the episode. Is the, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Could be, could be another race, just not not Bajoran. And also, maybe the final thought before we go: Wasn't Kayshawn Shrex's
1: replacement the?
0: Wasn't the? Wasn't that the case in the oh, previous episode?
1: I think so. I think yes. I think that was the case. Yeah.
0: I thought maybe yeah. that's maybe that was a little bit of. Kayshawn wasn't a great character and didn't really live up to the joke potential, I don't think. But I, I was um I was a little bit surprised Shrax came back because I was like, I thought they just replaced him with a new guy and that's, yeah, that's who it's gonna yeah. be. But because I was also, we also um, I saw that the voice actor for Shreks is in the credits of episodes where Shreks is not there yet. So I thought that he was voicing the Kayshawn character. I thought they just like passed him off uh, to a new animated person and that would be the way that they continue using that actor, but in this case. Is that
1: Fred? T- Testori, test- uh, something test- like that. Yeah, I, that guy's a big animation uh, voice actor, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's doing multiple voices. Multiple voices. <clears throat> um, we also, we also didn't mention the uh, um, the Klingon acid punk, which I appreciated. I, I look forward to someone on the internet making an actual album out of that music.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what makes something acid? Just trippy. I guess, yeah, yeah, just a, a drug, inf- like a I drug did, inf- influenced jazz.
1: I, I, really liked, I really liked the explanation of the one band who actually had a group of uh, disgraced Klingons on stage, actively yeah. um, trying to make amends or something. like That, <laughs> <coughs> that was good. We're, d- we're done.
0: That's it for. We'll always have Tom Paris and Mugato Gamato.
1: Patreon. dot com slash you Have anything you want to say before we go? Uh, September's here so Amanda and I will be hitting Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday on our Patreon coverage of the Friday the 13th series if you like uh, no Jason in your Jason movie and hmm. uh, squirrel uh, slimy worms and heart eating you will be you will love this movie and uh, all we've that got, stuff. yeah squirmy, squirmy worms right? you think excellent. about yeah when you think about Friday the 13th you think about eating hearts and worms that jump body to body. Um, and uh, Badass, we're coming up to the end of Badass. We're going to be done with the entirety of Batman the Animated Series pretty soon. We'll probably take a break and then move on to Batman Beyond. And uh, yeah, Rotten Horror Picture Show continues on. That's about it. I've been
0: streaming every once in a while on Twitch. If people care about that, you can join the Discord to follow me on Twitter. I post when I do it there. That's been fun. I was thinking I was going to do for Halloween, play some... I've never played through Resident Evil the whole way. Maybe I'll play Resident mm-hmm. Evil the whole way um, through. Maybe do
1: that on stream. Might be interesting. I um, still I still want to figure out... I've never tried doing that. I think it would be fun for a bunch of us to play the Friday the 13th game. Uh, if it's still running. I, I actually haven't played it in a while. But yeah. I have to figure out how to, how to work the work Twitch. <laughs>
0: I think it does you have you have a PS four, right? I think it just does it natively yep. through the PS four. I don't know how the I don't know how it works in terms of microphones and stuff like that, but it is possible to do. Is that crossplay? Is that PC people can play PS four people? Uh no. No. Unfortunately okay. not. Okay. That that's the other downside to it. But yeah, we can get yeah. figure all that stuff out. But it's out there if people are interested in watching me stream. I like it for the uh the brain exercise it is it is remarkably hard to do something and talk at the same time so i, I it's like my version of sudoku <laughs> where i'm like maybe this is strengthening my brain and i'm not gonna get alzheimer's or something that's it thank you very much guys for listening we'll be back with the next lower decks episodes which are five and six i don't know what they're called at this point enterprise is continuing as always and then i have my guest episodes of star trek coming up too modi's just came out Lori Loaded comes out soon And then uh, after that is up in the air at this point, but we'll get some few more people to revisit old Star Trek episodes. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.